Here's another listener. Essay. Essay. This is Infants on Thrones. Listener Essay. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostland, and this is essay number three in our May 2018 Listener Essay Contest. Now, today's essay is by Tim and is titled, Religion Nevermore. Now, remember that you, as the listener, are able to vote for and provide private feedback to as many of these essays and authors as you'd like, but you can only vote one time for each essay. Now, voting will take place throughout the month of May and will end around midnight on May 31st. The top three winners will be announced in early June. First place wins $200, second place wins $100, and third place wins $50. And this is all determined by you, the listeners. So simply go to the website, infantsonthrones.com, find the essay or the essays that you want to vote for, click on the link, cast your vote, and provide some feedback to the author. And for those of you who still want to submit an essay for this May contest, there's still a bit of time. Now, if it comes in too late, it's not that big of a deal. It'll just roll over into the next contest that we do, probably in August, if there are enough submissions. Now, July will probably be a songwriting contest. I've received already some excellent submissions from listeners, like this song. And this one. And this one? Oh, brother Joe, you're forever the devil's scarecrow. Oh, do what you say, not what you do. So, yeah, it looks like a songwriting contest is going to happen. Email me at infantsonthrones at gmail.com to find out more about the songwriting competition. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves because that's then. And this is now, and now is all about today's essay from Tim, titled Religion Never Mower. So take it away, Tim. I'm kind of used to being the odd man out, so submitting this essay to the infants is right up my alley. I'm a never mow who happened upon the Mormon podcasting world through my quest to understand and make sense of my own faith journey. It's only slightly tongue-in-cheek to say I'd wish I'd converted when missionaries would ring my doorbell in years past, just so I could be an Exmo now. Why is that? It's because of the sense of community that Mormons, including ex-Mormons, so clearly have. I was raised a Roman Catholic. Now, there's a great diversity of Catholic experiences from fairly laid-back to more high-demand. I experienced the high-demand end with a charismatic flavor, both from family and church. Like most of you, I was raised knowing that I had the true path, and while we prayed for those of other faiths, even other Christian faiths, we also pitied them, as we knew they had no path to salvation unless they converted to Roman Catholicism. With the insular family and church environment I grew up within, No dissent or even discussion about underlying truths was possible. The doctrine was the doctrine. 
Our original sin rendered us, especially as children, unworthy to question our elders who indoctrinated us, and they made sure we knew it every Sunday. Whether from innate personality quirks or just a natural reaction to the stifling environment created by the church, a voice from inside told me in my twenties that what I had been taught was not necessarily so. I began slowly at first to explore ideas and to try to shed the fear of unorthodox perspectives that had been beaten into me. In my corner of Catholicism, there was not quite the tradition of shunning apostates that can exist in Mormonism, and has even more extreme forms in the Jehovah's Witnesses, Scientology, and others. However, I did see it occasionally in some families in our community, and could never be sure how it might go for me. The primal fear of being cast out of the tribe was the backdrop of my new path. The explosion of information with the internet caused me to consume vast amounts of information to try to make sense of my faith and explore others. Had I really been that lucky to have been born into the only truth at this point in space and time? Was I all wrong and another faith right? Were they all right somehow, or all wrong, about the fundamental truths of the universe? Even after I eventually lost all supernatural beliefs, the power of belief still nagged at me. How could it have all seemed so plausible? How were respected elders also captured by bad ideas? What needs were clearly being met, at least some of the time? The last ten years or so have been a roller coaster of discovery, understanding, arrogance, anger, humility, and acceptance of my ultimate ignorance to get to something like peaceful acceptance of the human condition. It was while on that roller coaster that I got to know a little more about Mormonism beyond what little I'd gleaned from some LDS acquaintances years back. Mormonism, as I came to understand it, puts the inherent messiness of human-generated supernatural faith in sharp relief, partly because of its relatively young age. It is as well documented of a process from Joseph Smith's youth to the present day as one could ask for. With the stories of Catholicism reaching back to antiquity, many rough edges are softened by time. The records of the Council of Nicaea just don't compare to generations of documented and recorded conferences, not to mention court testimony from some of Joseph Smith's wives. By reading about Mormon history and the evolution of the Church to the present day, it became easier to understand how people, just average people, could sustain and defend the church in which I grew up. There is the thirst for beauty and transcendence that most all humans seem to share. There is the desire for support of the tribe. There is the need to feel one is contributing to the greater good. Mormonism has addressed these needs and more in spades. The fact that it also had some serious rough edges seem to be less of an issue in the past.
patriarchy, racism, and abuse of clerical power, just to name a few, were par for the course in society and accepted as either the will of the deity or at least just the way things were. The specificity of Mormon theology and doctrines and how it has been interpreted and reinterpreted over time helped me to see, almost as a case study, how a religion founded on divine revelation could both attract intelligent people and evolve with them to preserve and grow the institution. It is a compelling narrative on many levels, with apparently some return on that tithing investment. Incidentally, we had the same tithing goal, but minus the detailed accounting and face-to-face -face annual audit. Practices like spoken testimonies on a regular basis and a, and a widespread decentralized priesthood seem like adaptations that show how effective innovation can be in sustaining the organism that is organized religion. The suspension of dis disbelief by otherwise intelligent people in one area always baffled me, and the Mormon idea of feeling the spirit to answer questions was the ultimate example. When I first heard of it, it sounded like an internal Ouija board. But upon reflection, it's really just a more finely honed version of Catholic practice. Though with the exception of papal infallibility, most Catholics don't take promptings from prayer too literally. I owe a real debt to ex-Mormons for setting an example of how the need for intellectual honesty, authenticity, and just following one's conscience can motivate someone who is comfortably immersed in a system that meets many of their needs very well to take that leap and, at the risk of mixing podcasts, embrace the void. The barrier for leaving Catholicism, even in my circumstance, was probably not as great as for the average Mormon, though it was still daunting. When I finally realized my underlying beliefs in the Catholic Church and the supernatural in general were gone. There was no official church drama, no resignation or other administrative hurdles. Even open apostasy doesn't lead to excommunication, except for the most egregious public cases. Leaving is anticlimactic after a faith transition, and the common term, lapsed Catholic, that's often used, instead of the more accurate, ex-Catholic, implies I might just come back some Sunday in the future. Don't bet on it. Family disapproval was another matter, though. However, it was much more muted than I expected. I think the lack of the eternal family idea takes that source of potential guilt off the table. But what ex-Catholics lack is any sort of real cohesive community, even a transitional one to help make sense of their journey. As I've learned in many other areas of life, scale matters. The size of the ex-Mormon community is one of your strengths. Not too big, but big enough, in the internet age anyway, to create a critical mass of discussion and support. What it's done for me is to serve as a shining example of how, in spite of small differences, from the randomness of human experience, 
we all really can share the same journey and same story and hopefully help each other on the path to something better or at least more real. This is where I was turned on to Jonathan Haidt and other great authors and started stretching my mind around other new ideas. This is an exciting time for all of us as witnesses to a transition point in history, I think. An, an inevitable transition from fantasy-based myths to more defensible science and reason-based myths for the vast majority of humanity. And whatever my label, I'm glad to share the ride with you. So there you go. Thank you very much, Never Mo Tim, for your essay. Now, if you as our listener want to go and vote for this essay, go to our website, find this episode, click on the voting link, and leave your feedback. And if you haven't already joined us on Patreon, please consider signing up and supporting Infants on Thrones for as little as $1 per episode, capped at whatever budget you want to give yourself for the month. Your generosity helps keep this podcast alive and growing. So thank you, and tune in tomorrow for another listener essay. Hello there. This is your brother. And I have something to say concerning these people. If they do not listen to every minute of every episode of Infants on Thrones, they shall be totally missing out. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum money. They could buy anything in this world with money. On second thought, just give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. A small token for which they have pledged their eternal souls. Anyone for the closing prayer? Thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones.